scripture here. Um, Mark 11, 23, 24. Yeah. Very familiar passage. Hey, Giovanni, it's good to see you. It's been three weeks, brother. Three weeks. Jeez. God will deliver all of us. This sickness stuff has has to go. Amen? We miss a lot of people on Sunday because of that. And we don't want that anymore. Can you agree with me? Amen. Amen. God was here with us. They were at home at home. (laughs) With the Lord. Amen? Uh, Would you stand up with me, please? All right. Okay, Isaiah 50, verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Now, in... Uh, Mark chapter 11, we have given to us by Jesus what I regard as the winning faith. The demonstration of the faith that will always win. It tells us that. Uh, Kathy, I know I didn't give that scripture, but I got it. Yes. The winning faith. Uh, The scripture says, Jesus speaking, it says, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Not faith in what you know. Not faith in what you are experiencing. Not faith in what you've heard outside God's word. Have faith in God. And then he tells you why. For I shortly, basically, I'm going to let you know this. This is important. This is not a lie. This is the truth. This is a law. I shortly, I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Notice, you say it, you don't doubt. Why? Because the mountain doesn't seem to be moving. If it moves immediately, you will doubt in You have no reason to doubt in your heart, right? He's not moving. So you still have to stay in faith. You speak the word in faith. Have faith in God. Some people believe he's saying, have the faith of God. Have faith in God. So you speak to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. Notice, there is a separation there. There is a time involved. There is time involved in that, between speaking to the mountain and what's happening. And so there is room for you to be tempted to doubt because nothing is happening. So just because you don't see the mountain moving doesn't mean your word has not been heard. Doesn't mean God did not hear. Because if it's in a critical situation, which are some of the things I will address tonight, if it is a critical situation, 
and you really need that mountain moved, and you've spoken according to the word, and it's not moving, it's critical, the next thing that will come into your heart, fear. Instantly. Because if he's not going to move, I'm in trouble. So you fear. But Jesus says, the perfect faith, don't doubt in your heart. And the way to do that is to keep going to what God says. We're talking about that tonight. And keep saying what God says. Notice he didn't say, don't doubt in your head. Hello. He says, don't doubt in your heart. So keep your heart in the right place. And the way to do it is stay with what God has said. And the, the best way to do it, say it out. Say it out. So if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, you have what you say. That's the perfect thing. You know, a lot is said about putting on the the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. That's in uh, Ephesians 6 verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Now, but I'm going to tell you, you can put on all the armor you have. But if you have the armor with you, and you are still afraid, he's not going to work. I noticed something. Angel and I we were watching the history of the uh, Second World War. And, and what the Germans were doing was giving uh, some kind of drug to the soldiers. And after taking the drugs, they feel like supermen. They, they just keep going. They are not scared. And they were fighting hard. You're killing them, they're still coming. In the initial part of the war, they won. You know why they were doing that? They were trying to overcome fear. They see the problem, but they're not scared. And so when Satan attacks us, the first attacks our faith, the winning faith, You must be fearless. You must be fearless. Fear, three things have to be there with the armor for you to really win. First, fearlessness. Secondly, boldness. Third is the consciousness of of this one fact. God's always with me. You have to be conscious of that. If I know God's with me, you know what the scripture says, if God be for us, who can be against me? But many times we don't realize it's there. You have to have that consciousness of God's presence with you. You have to have that for you to really win. You can have all the faith, but if these three elements are not there, it just will not work for you. Amen? So fearlessness is, is, is one part. That is a sure sign that you will make it if you have no fear. Because what you fear is coming to you. What you fear 
is going to become your master. And you become a slave to it. A slave cannot be, a servant cannot be greater than his master. So when you fear, you become a servant of fear. And fear has control over your situation. And it dictates what's happened, what's going to happen to you. This is what Job said. For the thing I greatly feared. The thing I greatly feared. We are not told what he feared, but we know what happened to Job. When was he afraid? He was a man of God. Amen. He was a man of faith. God blessed him. But even with the faith he had, for some reason, he had a hidden fear. When this happened to him, he didn't resist. He just said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And that's what Christians quote all the time. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And we hear it in songs and we are singing, the Lord giveth and the Lord takes away. Well, the Bible says the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. We don't quote those scriptures and when we are in trouble, we are scared. We go back to the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And guess what? No movement. You stay right there with fear. Wondering what was coming next. So Job said this thing, well, we know what happened to him. Right? Those were the things he was afraid of. If this scripture is true. Because after everything happened to him, that's what his confession was. The thing I greatly feared has come upon me. You cannot dispute that scripture there. You can't dispute it. And if that's true, and that's true scripture, whatever we are afraid of is coming to us. Whatever you are afraid of becomes your master. Fear is the opposite of faith. And so what Satan does, it takes your mind away from God's word that you are trusting into the situation and puts you in a place of fear. And once you are afraid, faith is gone. There's nothing you can do. And then comes all these silly imaginations of what's going to happen to you. What's going to happen to your family. What's going to happen to this and what. And it never stops. And the fear continues. Your joy is gone. It's a scripture that's me, that means so much to me these days. It's just accidentally, you know the scriptures, but accidentally it's like God opened my eyes. And I shared it with my wife. That's, that's in um, uh, Deuteronomy 28 verse 47. It says, because you did not serve the Lord with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything... Therefore, I will give you over to your enemies, what you fear. You see, when we are afraid, we can't have joy. You're still a Christian in church, worshiping God, but there is that fear and that sadness in you that God's disappointing you. Hello? He's not answering your prayer. He's not coming through. When is this going to be over? And once that happens, you lose your joy, you're still worshiping. But God can see you don't trust him that much anymore. Right? He can see. 
No one can see it, but he knows. That's the time to go to God in prayer. Deliver me from it. You see, fear is that important to God. God knows what fear could do to a Christian person. You know his answer to that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You know why I know that? Fear is a spirit. It's true. According to the word of God, fear is a spirit. And that spirit speaks. In 2 Corinthians 4 verse 13, it says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, Faith is a spirit. Fear is also a spirit. Small letter. It says, since we have the same spirit of faith, so again I say, faith is a spirit. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When you receive the word, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God, when you receive the word, you receive the spirit of faith. Faith is the spirit. Since we have, say with me, I have the same spirit that Paul had. I have the spirit of faith. But notice what the spirit of faith does. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written. What that means is already been established. I have the same spirit of faith that Paul had, the same spirit of faith that Peter had, the same spirit of faith that Elijah had, and it is established already according to what is written. I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we what? We speak. It's a spirit. But God also gave us his spirit to to resurrect our human spirit so that we lose the fear, which is the spirit of bondage, to free us from that so that our faith will be effective. When, when something happens, and I'm going to tell you this, when Satan attacks you, what he, where he, he's trying to get you to a place of fear, just like Job. Because nothing makes sense in the natural. And now you're confused. You know the scriptures, but it doesn't seem to work. And sometimes he can even use your Christian brother to help you with that spirit of fear. <laughs> Because it's the place of their knowledge. Amen? And they don't mean to hurt you. They want to help you. But they help us out to be very painful, right? It's just the way it is. My pastor had a, a Pastor Kendall. Some of us know Pastor Kendall. He had a, a huge tumor in the base of his brain. And that thing was growing. And he had to tell the congregation... And then after telling the congregation, he said to the congregation, please don't talk to me if you have nothing good to say. 
don't talk to me if you have nothing good to say. I already know what I have, and I'm dealing with it. I don't need your... I know a brother that had the same thing that you had. You only lasted for two two weeks, and he was dead. How can that help somebody? We just prayed for the brother. We believe. And then after prayer, Pastor, let me tell you, I know a man, he, he had this problem. I thought you just prayed in faith. In agreement, right? I know a brother who had the same thing that you had. And Pastor, he didn't last for a week. So what are you telling him? You're going to die. You will die. How's that going to encourage him? He said, if you don't have anything good to say, don't come to me. I don't want to hear it. You know what? God delivered him from us. (laughs) Because we were going to tell him. So he was his happy self. And they did the surgery, cut cut the, the nerve, and they said, this was going to happen. They came back. Nothing like that happened. He's okay. Fear. Fear. And those people, they, they meant well. Right? They meant well. <laughs> they were sincerely wrong. Okay? Sincere, but sincerely wrong. According to the word of God. So, Second Timothy 1.7 tells you. It says, For God has not given us. So in other words, you shouldn't be that way. Because God didn't give you this. So when you are seriously scared, guess who's giving you that? If God didn't give it to you, where else could it come from? But you see, it means God gave you something to protect you against fear. Right? God gave you his spirit, your born again experience, to protect you against fear. Why? Because this is crucial to what's going to happen to his child. So he gave you an insurance against this thing. So you never will embrace it. Notice the word it says, for, meaning because you shouldn't be afraid because God did not give that to you. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. And then he tells you what he gave to us. So God actually gave us a spirit against fear. So we shouldn't be afraid. We're always, I mean, we have situations. You see, temptation is not only temptation to do sin. The Bible says everything that is not of faith is sin. Romans tells us that. And so whenever we come out of faith, guess what happens? The next thing we are scared. We don't say it. But we are scared. And when we pray, we are not praying in faith because it ends up in a lot of tears. True. The thing is fight back. And realize God's going to help me. You know, there are things that I thought I really know. I was telling uh, Brother Randy this morning, I do a lot of repentance because God will open my eyes about something 
that I completely didn't see at all. And sometimes I wake up pretty early because something that was totally, I was clueless. I mean, it's not an intentional thing. I just didn't think about it. But I've let, I've let it go that way. It's not sin. But it hinders things. You understand what I'm saying? It wasn't sin. It's just not what God will want. You understand what I'm saying? But then God opens my mind and I, I just go, God forgive me. But you know, I know there's a change coming. Amen? Quickly, I turn, my, turn away from it and I make up my mind. I'm not going there anymore. I'm not accepting this situation or whatever it is. It wasn't sin, but that's what I just said. Well, this is the way it's going to be. No, it's not going to be that way. Amen? So let God continue to take us from glory to glory and open our eyes so we mature. Amen. So God did not give us that. He gave us the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. My mind is sound. I can think through things. Sound mind. I can't be depressed. My mind is sound. Can you say it? My mind is sound. God, well, if God gave you a sound mind, what kind of mind do you have? A sound mind. A sound mind is a healthy mind. So I am rejecting every suggestion that my mind is not sound. And for whatever reason, I know what they say, you are over 60 now, uh, you're beginning to forget uh, your grandchildren's names. That touched somebody. (laughs) No. No. I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. Didn't the Bible say we have the mind of Christ? How come you have the mind of Christ and another mind? I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. Does God need my brain for me to have a sound mind? No. He said, I gave you what? I sound mind. And if God gave you something, how come you're acting like he didn't give it? You have it. I have a sound mind. And I will always have a sound mind. Because God said, I have a sound mind. And let God be true and every man a liar. I have a sound mind. Amen. Say it with me so it won't be just me boasting. I have a sound mind. You boast with me. Boast in the Lord. Amen. Say it with me. I have a sound mind and I don't have the spirit of fear. Amen. I don't have the spirit of fear. God did not give me the spirit of fear and I'm a born again Christian and I don't have it. I don't have this. That's the spirit for the world. They can have as much of it as they want. But please don't give me any of it. I don't want it. Keep it with the people of the world. Their father gave it to them. I have my own portion from my father. And he said he didn't give me the spirit of fear. Another scripture. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we got the sons of God here. 
stand before me tonight. He says, for you did not, what? God gave and you received. And he's telling you again, you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is a spirit of bondage. He puts you into captivity where your faith cannot work. For we did not receive, or you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But what you receive is the spirit of God, that Christ to God, spirit of adoption, that Christ to God, Abba, Father. God is our Father, and since we have his DNA, and there is no fear in his DNA, we don't have that. He's not part of us. But there is always the temptation from the enemy to bring us to that place. Did God say you don't have fear? How come you're afraid? What are you feeling right now? I'm afraid. Tell me more, devil. And he's going to tell you more. Till you're so scared, you don't feel like going to church on Sunday morning anymore. That's what's happening. So afraid. So that's the first thing, fear. We can be free from that. We can be free from that. Second thing is confidence in God. Confidence in God. Confidence in God is the cure for fear. When you have confidence in God, that's the cure in God. Let me put it this way. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 35, because of everything I've told you, that's therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Do not cast away your confidence. Why is that? Every time you say, when God says don't do something, there is another force out there trying to make you to let it go. That's what's going on. So when Satan attacks you, he doesn't care what happens to you or you die. What he's trying to take from you is your faith. That's why it's called the, fight, the good fight of faith. If he can knock you off your confidence, he's, he's, you're finished. So that's why God is saying in Hebrews 10, 35, do not cast away, meaning you can decide whether to keep your confidence in God or let it go. But the pressure is going to come from the enemy to pressure you to let it go. But you say, no, God is not a man that he shall lie. If he said it, he's going to do it. I am going to wait for him. So the pressure is always there. And so you're scared. And you've lost your confidence. And when you get in the ring to fight, you're not going to last long. The fight's going to be over. You know, in those days, you know about Mike Tyson? Mike Tyson? You know what Muhammad Ali does? He talks so much... 
and boast so much. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to beat you this time. I'm going to beat you. I give you several rounds. The other guy doesn't know what's going to happen at the seventh round. He's thinking, this guy's going to kill me when seven round comes. And once, if you watch some of those videos, once seven round comes, he run, Muhammad runs from his corner like, I'm going to kill you. And guess what? The man has lost his confidence. One slap, he's down on his back. He's so broke. It was more pronounced during the times of uh, Mike Tyson. The word was going around, it's not going to go more than two rounds. Remember that? And the boxers actually, they come trembling. Their confidence is gone. They believe this guy is invisible. There is no way you can beat him. So one of them actually said, when I was on the floor, was that pretty? <laughs> they knew they were going down. Even before they got in the ring. And then comes Butler Douglas, right? He had no fear. Everybody says Mike Tyson is first round. But the guy, when Mike knocked him down, he was angry. Remember, if you watch it, he was angry. I'm there. And when he got up, oh, he was after. And Mike decided, this guy is not afraid. I'm finished. Hello? You can learn from that. One. He said, I'm finished. He couldn't fight anymore. The great Tyson, he didn't think he needed to practice. This is a piece of cake. But that guy was coming and he saw there was no fear in his eyes. After that, he lost his invincibility. The other boss says, uh, Mike, I'm going to show you. He ended up biting somebody here again. <laughs> Nobody was scared of him anymore. Nothing changed. The key thing was fear. And they had no confidence that they were able to fight. And they were defeated. You know what? That's what we see in the natural. That's what's happening in the spirit world. When Satan is talked to you and boasted of all the things that he's doing to you and gives you the history of everything that's been happening and how things are going, you've lost your confidence. And a little whisper, yeah, am I pretty laying down here? That's what you do. You see, I have faith. And by the time you say, don't you trust God? Yes, I trust God, brother. You know you're lying. There's nothing there. There's no, nothing there. But you can stay confident in God. Amen? Are you getting something tonight? Stay confident in God, no matter what's going on. The worst that can happen, you die. Go to a better place. Amen? There's nothing. God's going to take care of me. God's going to take care of me. It's a song... You know, sometimes when I'm dealing with things, there's this song that I learned when I was uh, a little Baptist slash idol worshiper. Because <laughs> I was doing both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Most of them from my country, they know. They, they did exactly the same thing. They went to church on Sunday morning, and the evening they were in the uh, voodoo doctor's shrine, fe- fellowshipping. Yeah, we did it, right? 
<laughs> but in, in, in my little Baptist, I didn't know too much. Preached to sing one song. He goes, uh, God will take care of you. Be not afraid. God will take care of you. Be not afraid. He's strong. Through sunshine and rain. He's there. And sometimes that song will come back to me. Letting me know no matter what you're going through. God will take care of you. And I can remember the scriptures where he says. He makes us to lie down. In green pastures. Right? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Then he leads me. Beside the still waters. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. It's all about him. I can take comfort in that. Amen? I can take comfort in that. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You see, they were not scared of... These, those guys, when I get to heaven, I think after I've spent, like the preacher said, after I've spent the first thousand years gazing at uh, the face of Jesus, and then after that I may talk to Peter or Paul, but I'm going to search this children's mission and bend me go out. And please, when you meet Samson, don't talk to him about Delilah. <laughs> he doesn't want to talk about it. Delilah, we say, Delilah, yeah. Don't talk to him about that. Uh, he doesn't want to talk about that in heaven. Okay? <laughs> and you know he's pretty strong. <laughs> I think God will not allow him to fight, but you may be in real trouble. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm going to set these guys out just to find out what these guys were like. Listen. As you read, the king threatened them and said, this is what I'm going to do to you if you don't worship. I never caught this before. They didn't address him as king after that. They addressed him by his name, not king. This is King this, King David, your Lord Master, O King. No, not O King. They called him by his name. They were not afraid. Even though the fire was behind them, they, their confidence was not shaking in any way. They were strong. They had so much confidence in God, the fire meant nothing to them. They knew what was coming, but they were totally fearless and stayed with their God. And I believe that God recorded this for us in our time for us to see what God can do when we are confronted with so much pain and difficulty and we remain fearless, relying only on his character that he's faithful and he will not disappoint us. It's so important. They were not afraid. This is what they said in, uh, in Daniel chapter 3 verse 15. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar. They didn't say, O king. Or, O king Nebuchadnezzar. No. For talking to them that way, they moved from that 
okay, oh Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. I mean, they were almost rude to the king. In the presence of all his officials, they could care less. He had taught, the king had taught something that was offensive to them, and they would rather die than to listen to him. We have to be in the same place. Fearless confidence in God. Look, notice what they said to him, king. If that is the case, if what you're telling us, that's what we have to deal with, there's no wiggling room in what you're saying, and there's nothing else we can do, we can negotiate with you. If that's the case, they said, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will. I'll stop there. I know you want to go further. I stopped there. They didn't say anything else. Our God is able to, and he will. He will. They were confident God will deliver them from flames that you can see. In other words, your flame is powerless before our God and us. Do whatever you want. Our God is able to. If that's the case, our God is whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace and he will deliver us from your hand. You're not going to be able to carry what you want to carry out what you are saying. Now it's not going to happen. You can't destroy us. They talk. Jesus. That was in the anointing at all, I'm telling you. <laughs> that was something else. Okay. But if not, if God is not going to do that, He says, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not. Notice, we are not going to. They didn't say we are not going to. We do not serve your God. In other words, we want you to know we haven't been doing that. No secret. We haven't been serving your God and we don't have any intention to serve your God. We do not. They spoke with confidence. You see, if you are not confident when God does the miracle, he doesn't affect the unbeliever because they think it's chance. That's true. They think it's chance. That just happened. But when you speak in confidence, with confidence, and they see it happen, they can't deny it because they saw no fear in you. That's the difference. That's why the Bible says, God is telling us, don't let go of your confidence. Because it has great recompense of reward. God will reward your confidence. And what Satan wants to do is get you off faith and your confidence in God. And then you are vulnerable. You become a victim. And the enemy gets you. And sometimes Christians, they seem to enjoy being a victim. They talk to you about hey, everything that Satan is doing on, to them. 
you know, the enemy is attacking my house. He's even attacked my finances. And all my children, they're all sick. My wife's sick. My, even my uncle is sick. And this is sick. And, all, and, and then they add, and glory to God. Glory for what? <laughs> glory to God? God didn't do all of that to your family. You should have said, glory to Satan. Because you said, you started with Satan, he's done all of and they seem to enjoy it. That's amazing to me. That's not what God has called us to. When you lose your confidence, no matter how strong a man of faith you are, you act differently. Elijah was a serious man of faith, right? Called fire from heaven, burned people. But then, in one moment, he lost his confidence. He lost it. He was even complaining to God, the prophets are all gone. Kill me. I, want, I just want to die. Why? The same man. The same man. I'm sure he had heard about how vicious Jezebel was. And Ahab, he heard about how they killed mercilessly. He focused on that. This wasn't the king. This was Jezebel, the evil woman. And just one moment, he heard one word. I'm going to do this to you that you've done to those prophets. God do so to me and more so than like they say in the Old Testament. If by tomorrow this time I won't do this to you. And he got fearful. He lost his confidence. He still was with God. But he had his, his confidence was gone. You know what God did? Your job is over. You can come home. Pass it on to Elisha. That's, that's the way it is. Go back, uh, anoint this person, and anoint this other person. He spent a short time after that. He was a great man of God, but he lost his confidence. He lost his confidence. <laughs> Let me read this. First um, Kings chapter 19, verse 3. He says, when he saw that, whatever uh, Jezebel has said, he arose and ran for his life. This is a prophet that, I mean, soldiers, when they come and they say, man of God, he says, if I'm a man of God, let fire. And then the fire came down. And then the last uh, group of soldiers, 50, when they came, uh, the soldier knelt and was begging, please don't touch us, don't burn us up. Okay, please. It's a man. But once your confidence is gone, you act differently. God still loves her, but things will be different. God took care of him. He got depressed. And that's what happens. We have to stay with our confidence. It's so important. Trusting God and staying in confidence. Let me read Psalm 125, verse 1. Those who trust in the Lord are like what? They are like Mount Zion. 
which cannot be moved. Amen? Say it with me. I cannot be moved. I cannot be moved. I have the rock inside of me. I cannot be moved. I cannot be moved. You are like Mount Zion. Why? Because your confidence is in the Lord. You cannot be moved. You cannot be moved. You abide forever. Amen? You abide forever. You cannot be moved. You cannot be moved. Third thing is just to be God's presence conscious. You know, this never meant a lot to me, but I started reading. Jesus, read through the book of John over and over again. You hear Jesus making statements like, I am not alone. The one who sent me is always with me. You hear him say that? He says, I am one that bears witness, and my father who sent me, he is with me. He never leaves me. He's always with me. Over and over he's saying that. Why? He was so conscious of his father's presence with him, he was fearless. I know what you say, he was the son of God. What did he? Yeah, but he was a man, full man, full man. He acknowledged the fact that his father was with him, always, always. But it would be one thing if he just knew and said nothing about it. Who prompted him to say it? Hello? Did anybody prompt him to say that? Did they even understand what he was talking about? They didn't. Many times when he says this, they ask him, where is your father? He says, you neither know me, nor you know my father. If you know my father, then you know me. They are more confused. What is he talking about? But Jesus was, he kept saying the same thing. Right? Because it means something. We have to have that consciousness that God is always with us. God's always there with our family. He does something to us. He boosts, that will boost our confidence in God. We have to do that. In John chapter 16, verse 32, uh, Jesus says, Indeed, the hour is coming. Yes, and has now come that you will be scattered. So these friends were there, the disciples. But he says, you will be scattered, each to his own, and you leave me alone. But guess what he said next? And yet, I am not alone. Because the Father is with me. Okay? Can't feel my friend abandon me. Nobody loves me. They all just left like that. I took care of them for three years and they're all gone. Now you're depressed because nobody loves me. No. Yet I am not alone. The Father is with me. There's no room for discouragement. Amen? He is confident. His Father is with him. To have that God consciousness. That God is with him. And that's what I see with David. Psalm 23 verse 4. 
Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he is with me. He's, he's conscious of God's presence. Notice, because he's with me, I have no reason to be afraid. Amen? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's David. To have that consciousness of God. You know, God did something, and I'll end with this. Moses, that great prophet. God says something. (laughs) And God said to Moses, my presence will be with you. Moses reacted strongly to that statement. I mean, I'm sure Moses already knew. We, I know you're with us. What do you mean saying your pre- my presence will be with you? Moses acted. You can read the scripture. And he said in verse 14, uh, Exodus 33. And he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from this, from this place. What you're talking about? We need your presence. If, if you are not going to be with us, we're not going anywhere. Don't even try to get us from us, from this place. So his presence was very important to Moses. And Moses knew, his, he, at the place they were, Moses knew God was with them. And if you're not going to be with us, we're not going anywhere. And that's very important to us, to him. And it should be important to us. God's presence always there for us. And Jesus said to us, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So when you're going through something, he's there with you. And he's going through whatever you're going through. Because in the way I see it, he has become a member of your family when you accepted him into your home. He's part of the home. In our home, I've, I will say it loud, Jesus, you are the head of our home. And you are the master of our home. This is your house. And he lives there. You want Jesus' address? I'll give it to you. <laughs> I'll give you his address. He lives in my home. Amen? And he's the one that is the head of our home. Stand up with me tonight. I know we've made our confessions a lot tonight. And um, you heard the word. Nothing else matters. Especially for those of us who have taken in Jesus into our lives. You can never be alone. Remember what he tells us, John 14 verse 20. At that day you will know that I am in the Father. The Father is in me and I am in you. One. You can't separate Jesus from his father. And if you are in him, you can't be separated from him either. You carry him everywhere you go. He's always with you. And if God be for us, who can be against us? We should always be mindful of that. 
we should remind ourselves, God is with me, God is with me, God is with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it's just a shadow. Amen? It's just a shadow. We are going to the other side, and we're just walking through. We will soon be out of the shadow, and we have the shadow of life. Amen? Instead of the shadow of death. Would you lift your hands up to him tonight and tell God how much you appreciate his presence in your life. And thank him for boldness that you have in you because of the Holy Spirit. And let him know because he's in your life, you are totally fearless. You don't care about what will happen tomorrow because he is your tomorrow. Amen? He is your children's tomorrow. He's everything. Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for your word. Your word never returns to you void. According to the scriptures, faith comes through hearing and hearing by the word of God. I believe tonight that your children have been filled with faith in your presence here tonight. And we thank you for your love and your great kindness towards us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.